Welcome to the Mary D Show. I'm your host, Mary D, here to be your guide as we extract wisdom and life lessons from top CEOs, thought leaders, artists, spiritual luminaries, and wellness experts. My intention is to bring you value in every show that sparks an idea, helps you break a limiting belief, or creates thoughts that up-level your life so that you can know from the deepest depths of your soul that everything you want is available to you and that abundance is your birthright. In 2018, I healed from breast cancer, holistically after surgery, without the use of chemotherapy or pharmaceuticals. I love biohacking and plant medicine and exploring spirituality and what it means to be in relationship with Source so that we can feel whole and complete no matter what life throws at us. My specialty in the business world is strategy and leadership, and my gift to each of you is my ability to listen so that I can help others see themselves. In each episode, I want to sprinkle you with some hope dust, tickle your funny bone, and inspire you to find your inner roar. Get ready to live your most purposeful and joy-filled life now and enjoy the show. Everyone today, my very special guest is Dana Bledsoe. She is so kind to come on here and share with us today. We're, we're going to talk about a couple things because she's a mom, she is a wife, she's an advocate, and she is also a stage four metastatic breast cancer thriver. And we're going to talk a little bit about that today because life can throw us all kinds of uncertainties. And one of the uncertainties that she has to deal with on a regular basis is the fact that she is actually living. And if you see her, right, she looks healthy. She is healthy. She's really just, healthy. she's a ball of energy. <laughs> she really is. But her diagnosis is that she has metastatic stage four breast cancer. And so some of you out there are like, wait, what? So, you know, there are lots of people walking around who look just like her and act just like her who actually do have a diagnosis of stage four. And there's a lot of different technologies and there are a lot of different things that are out there today that actually allow our stage four to thrive and not experience a shorter lifespan than what we see on TV. Yeah, we don't see that, 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 you know, they're living for a week and they're done. It's like, whoa, wait, wait a minute. That was actually a surprise to me, too. So that that was I love that fun fact because I feel like, oh, you get extra precious points for the mindset that has to go into this. This is what someone told me that I found to be very true. Like it resonated with me when they said this to me. But what I said is after I had surgery, I was actually very excited to show other people my boobs. I was like, hey, do you want to see my implants? Do you want to see what the surgery was like? Do you want to see my scars? And I wasn't weird about it. Like they were definitely not pretty in the beginning. They were red and I called them Franken boobs. Franken, yeah. Yeah, Franken boobs. They were 100%. And with that, I remember also embracing them, though, at the same time, because I was also grateful to wake up with breasts because it was a really long surgery. They did one big surgery for me, which, by the way, it was only after the fact I realized that other types of surgeries exist. But of course, you never know what it's like when you're a breast cancer patient for the first time, right? Yeah. So for me, it was a double mastectomy with a reconstruction all at the same time. So this is like an eight-hour day. So they wheel me in in the morning. And by the time they wake me up, I just remember the first thing I did was look down. It's in this like saran wrap and it's super tight and it feels like your boobs are in your neck. And I was so grateful 
because I was grateful because the surgery was a success. My body didn't reject the implants and it didn't look weird at that moment, right? Because in that moment, all I'm seeing are the bandages and stuff. I'm not actually seeing the, the foobs yet. I'm not seeing the Franken foobs. So in that moment, I was just grateful. I was grateful that I was like, oh, my body is like, okay with this and carry on. I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see. And I'm still here. Means the cancer's gone. So that's it, baby. That's a win. Yeah. I remember that being like the first little mini milestone, but I was so proud to show people. And my friend said to me, he said, hey, he goes, this is actually a coping mechanism. And I said, really? He goes, yeah. When we make a decision to accept, he goes, especially when you've had someone that's like lost weight, gained weight, had a surgery, had a new part. When you are going through the coping of acceptance, this is that time. And you'll want to share it a lot of times with other people. And that's typically a really good sign that that's part of coping. That's that's helping you cope is by saying, hey, I accept these and I'm great with them. Are you? Yeah, it's interesting, right? How validation can work and getting what you need at the time. You're just showing them as a liberation for others. There's one thing that I'm really, really passionate about doing. I want to get all the major fashion houses women with breast cancer walk the runways and that at the end of the runway we get to open our top oh i because love that you know what i just like why should we hide our scars in many ways it's funny you know i have both my breasts i had three three lumpectomies the doctor was like well you're so small i was like well now wait a minute dude let's not start insulting me i know i've got small <laughs> boots, but i'm not flash you know what i mean like and, and he said, if by the third, because he couldn't get all the cancer, but I also think he spread it, but he kind of moved everything around. So I have a very small scar, which is just above the areola. By the third surgery, I was picking out my boobs and I was like, oh, I want these boobs. And, you know, so in a way I feel a bit guilty because I don't know what you all have gone through. I know that those surgeries are horrifically painful. The acceptance then that you have to go through. But I remember as well waking up at the end of the surgery where they woke me up, you know, and I yeah. looked down and there's just blood everywhere and they're wrapping my breasts. Oh. And and I remember he talks to you while you're under and it's like a truth serum. So I'm wow. like, what did I say? What did he I say? Yeah. He barely like gets the truth. But I just remember going into the pre-surgery where they had all the wires in the breasts. Do you remember mm. that? Where So you have all these needles so that they know exactly where to go in. And I had all these tubes with these wires. And then I had to go get a mammogram. And I looked down and I went, I'm going to vomit. I'm going to get sick. She goes, yes. Oh. That's like the point when you know it's real. This is all mm. happening. But, yeah. but back to you and your acceptance. I think that we should, all of us who have our scars, that's like a hero's journey because we all mm. have scars, whether they're inside or outside. And I yeah. think women who have had new breasts, I think you need to show them more because that's yeah. an acceptance of beauty. And I don't yeah. understand why it's not being promoted more. There's a great mm. woman. I don't know if you know the model. She was a Sports Illustrated model. Her name is Kelly Crump. And she just did a Sports Illustrated. She was a Sports Illustrated model, and she had a double mastectomy as well. Mm. And they put her in a half bathing suit, 
and they used that photograph. And she said she didn't know they were going to use it, where it showed her mastectomy scar. Yeah, her scar. And it's like, I just still trying to get in touch with her. I was like, thank you. Thank you for the liberation Mm. that so many women will recognize that and accept themselves now. But she also got a lot of backlash. Like that Mm. isn't beauty. But who is to say that that's not beauty? It's beautiful. Our scars are beautiful. Yes, there's always some troll out there that's always got got to be the naysayer. So yeah, exactly. I, I just chalked it up to like someone's just bored and trolly and yeah. they hate the world and and that's what they do. Yeah. Thank you for saying that. I will say that I went on one of my very first breast cancer retreats with the breasties. Uh-huh. This was, gosh, I think it's been I think it's been five years now. Yeah. It was literally right after. Yeah, it was very very soon after I'd had my surgery. And during that event, we were all in this like really big hot tub and or maybe it was a pool. I just remember it was water and a bunch of us were in there, probably more than the capacity of what should have been. (laughs) But we were having such a great time because part of what was happening is we were opening up the conversation with each other around there were women there who hadn't had surgery yet and there are women who had. And so within that, you had the women who hadn't had surgery kind of asking and they were curious. And so here, the ones of us that had had surgery were like, yeah, you want to see? Do you want to touch? Do you want to, what questions do you have? So very quickly, I like took my top off and I was like, absolutely. I was like, whoever wants to like touch, see, feel, ask questions, come on down. Because my nurse that I had did that for me. She had my same plastic surgeon four years before when she had had breast cancer. So now she's four years later with the tattooed areola and the plastic surgeon that I use actually fabricates a nipple wow. uh, if you do that reconstruction, which I haven't. Yeah. 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 But that was what I thought I was going to do because the day before my surgery, when I'm in there getting the rest of my little scans and all the, the they throw the dye in you and all that good yeah, stuff. And she asked me, she says, do you want to see my reconstructed breast? And I was like, yes. Mm-hmm. Pulls off her shirt, pulls off her bra totally lets me see she goes do you want to touch them i was like yes yes i do because i want to get an idea of what because it's real when it's in front of you it's weird when it's a picture but when it's in front of you and i just remember looking at them and i was so grateful for her because i was like thank you because that visual is giving me hope for what this can look like look her boobs look amazing they look so pretty so the fact that you go through something like this that's very jarring, amputating your breasts mm-hmm. or digging into them, right? You're still, even with a lumpectomy, they are still amputating some of your breasts out of your body. It's very traumatic. It is an amputation, really, when you really when you think about it. Yeah, I, I actually think if I had to do it again, I mean, I actually don't think I would get reconstruction. I think it's so brave of women now to go flat. Mm. It's just, it's so beautiful. You have to just adjust. It's jarring and you have to adjust your way of thinking, but it's so beautiful. Like that is pure now acceptance that I'm still a woman. I'm still all female and I have no breasts and I've made that decision. Absolutely. Yeah. I love the, I love the sisterhood. I love, I love when, when somebody goes, I think I've got a lump and I go, all right, would you feel it? Yeah, sure. No problem. Can I see your (laughs) scar? Yeah. Yeah. And out comes the boob, you know, and yes, you could just have feeling parties you could you you could it's beautiful like why should we hide that it's it's 
Because I think it just lets others be comfortable yeah. with their bodies as well and to know what's coming. I think kind of the worst thing on this journey is that we're not told by doctors what really happens. What are you really going to feel like? Mm-hmm. What are the depression and the anxiety and the trauma? The mental preparation is not there. The mental is not there. They, they're they very good at walking through what your physical options are, but no one yeah. really talks about the mental stuff. That's all later. And that is such a, that is probably the biggest part of this journey. Yeah. And that's why I've said it, you know, more than once. And I think even on the show, but because the truth for me is that I'm so glad that I was an entrepreneur before I was a breast cancer patient, because that mindset has really seen me through in so many ways in getting through this level of adversity around my body and my health. You know, I thought I was healthy. And yeah. to to find out that you have cancer, is like, really, like, what? How? Like, how in the world? I do all these things. And it was just realizing that cancer doesn't discriminate. Yeah. And so we can all do our best. We can do our best. But there's always the opportunity that we're not going to know what life's going to throw at us and how are we going to respond to it at the end of the day, whatever it is. It could be a life-threatening disease. It could be just any adversity. Name it, your house burning down, act of God, flood. There's so many. There's so many out there. If you could go back in time mm-hmm. and you know what you know now, mm-hmm. what would you or would you have done anything differently? In my life? In your life. Yeah. I wouldn't say mean things to myself. Oh, I love that. You'd speak kinder to yourself. I think it is the one thread. After you and I spoke, I was thinking, what is the thread that I keep hearing from women who've got breast cancer Mm. and keep hearing from people in general, right? Whether you've got breast cancer or not, we don't learn from a young age how to speak kind to ourselves. And when you don't Mm. speak kind to yourself, that ends up being translated into every single cell and every single cell then starts to react to that. I am an absolute believer that what we say to ourselves gets harbored in ourselves. And that starts Mm. to turn into disease, which is dis-ease in the body. So I wouldn't swallow my words. I wouldn't swallow anger. We'll talk about Amplify Voices, but it's such a brilliant title. Amplify your voice. Use your voice, especially as a woman. You feel it, say it. Why swallow your words? Why be told to be softer, be more gentle, be more ladylike, be more... What does that mean? What does that mean? It doesn't mean anything. It means what that means is don't be authentically who God put you on this earth to be. And to me, be who you are. Celebrate who you are and be your authentic self and learn that from a very young age. I would go back and I would tell myself, oh, wow, Dana, you're actually really cool. You know, we're taught Mm -hmm, to say all the negative things to ourselves. And I think that that is such a common thread of why people start to get ill in their lives or unhappy. Mm. It may not show up in disease, but it would be to be kind, to be kind to myself. I remember when at one point I was really, really down with the diagnoses, you know, and with the re-diagnosis, because I was originally diagnosed almost 16 years ago with stage 1B, and now I'm stage 4 metastatic. And I make a joke out of it saying, I really wanted to achieve something in my life. So I went from one to four. It's great. Woo. In five years, you know, Um, people are like, that's not funny. I'm like, well, to me, it's funny. I was very into Kundalini yoga then. 
And so I went to Bali to kind of really just go into my inner self and to explore a higher path and a higher self. And I remember that we each had something that they gave us to do. And she said, every day you're going to write a love letter to yourself. Mm. I went, what? I don't even know how to do that. Mm. I literally didn't know how to do that. And I said, what, what do I do? And she said, well, start with dear Dana. And the uncomfortability, it was just through, I just thought, I can't do this. This feels so awkward. I said, give me an example. She goes, well, dear Dana, thank you, body, for being with me every day. I love you. So I had to do it every day for 40 days. I ended up doing it every day for 120 days with every morning, dear Dana, I love, Mm. I mean, it didn't matter, but can you imagine how different we'd all be if we could do that? We could actually say the things that we love about ourselves instead of the things that we don't like about ourselves, which is what I think what we're taught. Absolutely. Yes. I, I, even from the standpoint of being someone who is, you know, looking at partnership, it's one of those things for me that I actually look for. I want to know, does this man love himself? Because that's important to me. Because if you can't love yourself, how are you really going to love me? You can't love somebody else. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. And I really want that. That's the, one of the very like high values I have is I want to know that he's someone who really loves himself. And that, you know, not in a narcissistic kind of way. No, I do not want the narcissist. (laughs) No, thank you. That seems to be very prevalent right now. Exactly. Unfortunately, yeah. So so just to be clear, (laughs) not the narcissist, the one that truly embodies love of self. It's such an important gift to be able to also speak to ourselves kindly. Like we are taught that we should speak kindly to others. So why not to ourselves? Yes. Yeah. So how did you reteach yourself how to talk to yourself? A lot of pain. I really just, I had to really sit in my own shit is what I call it, or sitting in the fire. Because I think what we do in life is we kind of do little band-aids through life. We, all this stuff starts to come up and we fix it for a little while. We go, well, that's it. I'm fixed. But then, then you get hit with something in your life. And you go right back to that negative place, that place that's the saboteur, that place that's so comfortable that we know so well. And you realize, Mm -hmm. ooh, that was just a Band-Aid. And I think what happened was I allowed the negativity of the diagnoses of what the doctors told me would be my lifespan to really start to play in my head. And it wasn't until I really sat deeply in my own stuff, my own shit, and faced it every single day and looked at it, examined it, wasn't afraid to do it. You have to learn how to be uncomfortable with all your stuff. And then you accept yourself. You just accept it. So now at 55, I finally really accept myself and I'm not going to make any apologies Mm. for it. You know? Yeah. I love that. Everyone is this bright light in the world. So don't apologize for that. Like, don't apologize for it. But it was, I'm not going to put a bandaid on it anymore. I'm not going to do little tiny patch up jobs. This time I'm really going to sit in it no matter how traumatic it got, how awful it got. It got very, Mm. very ugly. But I also decided hold on, I'm the creator of my life, which is something that I say every day. I create my life. 
not what a doctor says, because I don't do any drugs. I do everything naturally and holistically. This time I'm going to do it my way. And I'm the creator of my life. I don't need to believe. I don't believe in what they tell me. I don't. It's totally out of my mind now. Sometimes, you know, obviously it can creep in. Like if you don't feel well, then you go, oh my God, here, here it goes again. I think that is one thing that most people don't know also about cancer survivors is that when we get a sore throat, we don't just go, oh, sore throat. I might have a cold coming on. We're like, is that something? Is it something more? (laughs) All the time. It's such a norm. It's such a, it's so sadly the new norm. People are probably like, how are you guys laughing about that? We're laughing about it because we have surrendered to the fact that like this this is just the new reality and we just have to laugh our way through it because what else are we going to do, right? We are surrendered to the fact that I have control over my thoughts that I choose to think and the feelings that I choose to feel and the reaction that I choose to give it. And I'm not going to give it a sad reaction. I'm not going to give it an upset reaction because those don't serve me. It serves me to be in a cleaner place, a clearer place where I just go, you know what? I don't know what this sore throat is. But at the end of the day, I am so grateful that I'm here. I'm so grateful exactly. that I'm alive and I get to be here one more day. And if that's all it is, that's all it is. But if it's more than that, hey, I'm super grateful. I know that that's what shifted for me in, in terms of I was already pretty grateful in that sense. But just the acceptance of like, hey, at the end of the day, none of us really get to choose when our natural time is. And so knowing that anything can happen, right? I think so many of us have lost people in different ways, whether it's been out of the blue or something a little more long and drawn out. And I don't know which one is worse. I'm still trying to make that decision. But also in that thought process of like, hmm, I don't know which one which one of those is worse. Is it being prepared, being able to say some goodbyes, or is it just a clean break of just, oh, yeah, like letting life take its cycle, you know? I've had to really face death too. In the Western world, we're taught to absolutely, don't talk about it, don't talk about it, fear it. Right. And I think that's such a disservice. Like we really have to, face it, you know? I mean, it's something that I've really faced and look in the moment, I don't know, but I've kind of come to friends with it really and made peace with it. And I am very, very clear that I am not going to end up in a hospital. I am going to have massive parties (laughs) all over the world. (laughs) And um, I'm pretty sure I know that I'll be just saying goodbye to people because the body gets tired and you yeah. just say, I don't want to end up like yeah. that. I don't want to end up my children, husband, whatever, watching me go away. And I don't want that for myself. So, you know, I'm very clear with that. And it, that takes a lot of strength. It makes a lot of people uncomfortable. They're like, what? It does. My friends are like, okay, well, how can we assist you in that? But I've had to come to terms with that. And I've had to come to terms with when it's time it's time. I watched my mother pass away and it's so painful. It's so to get that image Mm. out of your head. So yeah, I've made peace with it. I watched my brother-in-law. Yeah. My brother-in-law had stage four gastric cancer and that was tough. That was a tough one for the family to watch because boy, he was stubborn and he was, he did not go quickly. He really drew it out. And the one thing I will say is I feel like when, at least at this point in my life, from having been someone who's diagnosed, and as of right now, I'm cancer-free as a survivor, I still thank you. I do still think about that end of life, and I feel like I'm very clear about how I would like to go out. 
or how I would like to prepare, assuming that I get that luxury, right? And so I think that's very different sometimes than when people get there and they don't want to talk about it. Or even now, how this is actually the time, everybody, where we should be talking about end of life when we're alive, because now you have choices and options. And you can also tell your loved ones what you would like. And I feel like now you're not burdening them also with making those types of decisions. And you can be honored in, you know, how you want that to happen. Yeah, I have it all written down, but we're not going to go down a really morbid path. But I do think, you know, you got to celebrate. You got to let everybody also celebrate you and celebrate, celebrate your life. Yes. Celebrate your life. Say yes to life. This is my big thing. Say yes to life. People go, yeah, but I'm afraid to do this. And I go, why are you afraid? If you were 20, if you were 20, would you be scared to make that decision? Or would you say, you know what? I don't know. Because, you know, when you're 20, you go, I don't know. You think the world is your oyster and that you can do anything. And, and you can make these choices not based off of fear. And, oh, my gosh, well, I have this and this and this. You think, I don't know. I'm just going to go for that job interview and see what happens. And when do we become so concerned about everything being correct all the time? Why don't you just say yes and see what happens? You might surprise yourself. There might yeah. be an incredible unfolding to it that you never even knew before. You got to have a leap of faith. You got to jump. You got to jump, you know? Yes, I love that. Yeah, I think it's taking all of the shame and yeah. all of the guilt out of life in general. I know that that's for sure. I was already on a, a pretty good path of shedding those things. And I would say that this was just one more way of being like, oh, absolutely. No shame, no guilt. I am all in on living. And that was the, that was the way to go. Like, that's the way I love waking up every day. And that's what I want people to remember. But do you think that breast cancer gave you that gift? Because I've always said, I've never used the word fight or battle. I cannot stand when I hear those words. I think, wow, that's probably how we got here anyway, right? Is because you're kind of elbowing your way through life, which doesn't end up working for you. I do see it as a teacher, my greatest teacher and a great gift to learning. Do you think that you had that view before breast cancer? Or do you think that breast cancer gave you that view? Yeah, I think I actually already had that view because I will share this. Yeah, this is when we we're talking a little bit about, you know, how we're taught about death or at least how our, our maybe our parents or religion might have framed it for us. That's actually one of the things that helped me shift in my own personal relationship with source. So when I think about my own relationship with God and all of the things that I've been told or learned and what have I had to unlearn? One of them is around, actually around death. One of the things that is clear for me is that death is not the end. No. And I love how most folks think everything is so, like, they make a decision and it's done. It's like, if we die, it's all finished. And I'm like, I don't believe no, that no, to be no. true. And from watching... I've been studying mediums lately. I've been just exploring people who actually like do this types of work or they talk about doing the work in the afterlife or with people who are near death. And the more that I listen and observe those stories and when I lean into my own believing, 
I say to myself, yeah, no, why are we taught that it's so like definite and done and sad when what would it be like if from the get-go we were taught that it's a celebration, it's a transformation that just like the butterfly, and I feel like butterflies exist to give us this example of how it's possible for a completely different little animal this little caterpillar with all these legs and eating their leaves. Yeah, like this is their life. And then suddenly they weave this little cocoon and they go through this chrysalis process and come out with wings and they're beautiful and they live a totally different life now flying and soaring in the air. And I was like, come on, y'all. This has got to be God's like, hey, just look at the caterpillar. Look at the butterfly. That's how I believe it to be. I believe that it is a rebirth into something else and something something more better, beautiful. something bigger, something more hopeful, more be- absolutely like if someone is listening and they're like she is delusional, you know what? I will die and live by that delusion because it brings me lots of peace and I'm so clear on how I would like the end of my life to look like when it does come that time. And I hope that it's because I'm an old lady in a a bed somewhere and I've lived such a, such a crazy full life and I probably did something wild and crazy. And maybe that's what got me there. Like, I'm okay with that. But I do think, I love your analogy, but I do think that life is happening for us, not to us. That's a big shift. Life, everything that's gone on in your life has happened for you so that you can learn and grow, right? Absolutely. It can be. I know. If you allow it to yes. be a lesson, you can. Otherwise, you can also enjoy learning the lesson and over, over and, and over. over again. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Because that would be, right? Why they say that's the definition of that's insanity. Right. We do the same things over and over and expect to get the same result. Yes. 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 Talk to me about some remedies. If you have a hard day, what is the remedy for you to pull yourself back into joy to pull yourself back into presence do you let yourself sit with it for a while do you have a different conversation with yourself do you let yourself wallow a little bit like what's what's the process dana oh i used to wallow <laughs> now mm. i just go uh-uh you're not going back there no no oh no that's done we're not going back there you're the creator of your life i am the creator of my life i am the dominant force of my life That's what I say now. And it pulls me out of it. It pulls me out of it. I also love movement. You've got to get out of your head and into your body. When you're in your body, you're out of the head. Let the body feel. I've always been a dancer my whole life, but I'm not talking about dancing because people then get nervous. They go, wait a minute, I'm not a dancer. This isn't about dancing. This is about letting your body move in a way that it wants to move, to let it be free, to let it express itself. Scream. Yeah. Allow yourself to have these emotions. Here's the thing. We all have emotions. They're okay to have them. I used to allow my emotions to have me and wallow and wallow. I'm not perfect. I'm still working on it every single day. That's the Mm. thing. It's work. You have to commit to the work. People used to say, well, are you doing the work? I'm like, what's that mean? Do you know, what's that mean? What's that mean working? I I thought everybody else had this little secret. So there is no secret. Working on it is a mindset 
that you literally train yourself because your mind is a muscle every single day. Are you going to fall back? Yeah, of course. But what you do, what I do now is say, where do I want to be? What do I want this to look like? So I have a past, a present, and a future. And I visualize, but I say it out loud. So it's not enough for you just to visualize. You've got to say the words out loud. It has a different resonating in the, in the body. And when you say the words out loud, well, I was here. Now I'm in the present. Where am I in the present? Right now, I'm feeling down. I'm feeling negative. I'm feeling, okay, so I'm the creator of my life. Every rogue cell is leaving my body right now. I don't need you, anger. I don't need you, this, that, that. And then I go through it. And this is, by, this is like taking two minutes. That's all it is. Then I look at the future and say, right, I know where I want to be. This is who I am in the future. I'm happy. My cells are joyful. I'm alive. I'm liberated. I'm helping others. My life is of service. And all of a sudden, you get out of that mm. state and you are in a state, in a totally different state. And your body resonates and listens to all of that. Yeah, your nervous system does a dance. Thank you. Because I think I lived for years, especially li with living in Manhattan, where my nervous system was on fire every day, like just taxed mm. to the hilt. That's why I really felt like I could never mm -hmm. heal there. Mm, got it. Got it. Yeah, good for you for making a shift out of the environment, because that's another thing that I think a lot of people feel stuck. They're like, well, I can't leave this. It's like, no, actually, you can. You can. You can. You can, you can save your life. All of us with resolve. Yeah. Oof, it's amazing what we can do when we decide that we can instead of decide that we can't. And we're right either way. That's if there's anything I've learned, that's it for sure. We all know the truth. We don't need a therapist. We don't need a thousand people screaming it to us. The truth is so deep inside of us. The problem is, can you get out of your head to really listen to it? Because if you can really listen to that truth, you have two choices once you know the truth. Live the truth or deny it. And if you deny that truth, that lesson is going to keep coming up for you over and over and over again until you get hit in the head by a two by four, which is what happened to me, you know, <laughs> and where it turns into something and then you go, okay, it's not to say it's going to be an easy path, but listen to the truth because it is inside of you. It's right there. Then you got to act on it. That's the tough part. Do I? act on this? Do I? Do I step into it? Yes. Once I know this truth, am I stepping into it? Absolutely. I love that. When you did. Oh, absolutely. Matter of fact, uh, next episode, I'm going to actually talk about that because I feel like this particular subject is just, it's such a good one. And it's like, how do we do that? Right? How are you faced with something so life-threatening and yet still make a choice? Make a choice to show up differently. Like, what is that about? What does that feel like? And so much of it is knowing. And so much of my journey through the cancer diagnosis, through my business lawsuits, through you name all the crazy stuff that life threw at me at that time, at that year of my life. It was a lot to go through at once. And I'm still here. I'm not dead Better yet. than ever. Yes. <laughs> better, probably better yes. than ever. It, it yes. was better than ever. Yes. And I remember having this moment of like depths of despair, God take me. And now I'm like, oh, God, thanks for not listening. Because like my life is so amazing right now. And 
I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful that like you didn't answer that particular yeah. prayer that day because you had you had a bigger purpose and you had a bigger way for me. Someone had saved me that way. I was working with this uh, life coach. I wasn't working with her for very long. And I was so dark. It was just so dark. And I said, I don't even want to say the words out loud because I don't want my cells to hear it. But I was like, you need yeah. to take me. Now. Let's just get this over and spread it. Let's go. And she said, how dare you? You don't have the right to ask God because you are here because you have a purpose. You have a lot of work to do. You have a lot of people to serve. And I went, and that saved me. I was like, yes, I do. And that's what I love to donate my life to, which is to, which is to helping women so that they are never in any, no matter whether it's breast cancer or not, you're never alone. You will never be alone. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, people will go, oh man, you're so lucky. You know, your outlook is so much more positive. Like how, how do you show up this way? And part of me is like, I think it's in the sharing that, that I can give someone else who isn't feeling very courageous or who isn't feeling brave or who isn't feeling great, who's feeling very anxious, give them some hope, give them some like they can borrow some of my joy if they need it. And I think that's part of it, right? If someone's light is a little dim, it's like, hey, I've got some extra. Let me help you out there. Yeah. Talk to me about Amplify Voices, because I feel like Amplify Voices is a cause you're very dedicated to. Uh, You guys have an event coming up in May. Let's Talk about that a little bit. Tell me about who this is for. Well, I think Amplify Voices. So I was the kind of co-founder, not of Amplify Voices, but of Beyond Breast Cancer, which is happening on May 11th. If you're in the Phoenix area or California, it's going to be live in Phoenix at, uh, I think, 6 to 8 p.m. But we're going to do live online. And I'll share the link with you, Mary, so that people can get tickets and you can watch it. So eight of us are going to be sharing our kind of words of wisdom through breast cancer. This is on the other side of beyond breast cancer. But these are pearls of wisdom. The cancer just happened to be the catalyst for us to step into this place right. of what we've learned. So it's we've got we've all gone through a 90-day program through Amplify Voices. And I love that title, Amplify Your Voice. And it is about women Me too. amplifying and using your voice. The thing is is that you got to put words to it. What's your pearl of wisdom? Put your words to what you've gone through. Share your story. Share your wisdom because it liberates yourself and it liberates others. And it's about connecting. When you use your words, when you use your voice, you make a connection with somebody else that they're not alone on their path, right? That they can now be liberated to share their story. And it has this incredible ripple effect, which leads to change, which leads to liberation within yourself. It leads to joy. It leads to freedom. It leads to you looking at your situation, maybe from a new perspective. So I think that we often feel that we are not using our voice. We're not speaking our truth. We're really suppressing it and shoving it down. And we think sometimes that we do that and we're sharing a little bit or we feel like we're going to be judged or we're the only one, even though we know that we're not the only one. But if we just keep it close to our chest, if we, if we just don't share these words, you know, it's about that vulnerability, that incredible power of strength that you go in deep and you find these words and then you just speak them. 
when you speak your truth, it just has this incredible ripple effect. So we entitled it Beyond Breast Cancer. And it is for anyone and everyone, whether you've had breast cancer or not, whether you want to hear words of wisdom to liberate your own life. We're hoping that obviously that the live online event will be hopefully huge. I think it's $12 a ticket and it's seven key speakers or seven speakers. And there is a jewel for everyone to make a shift in their own life. You will find a connection. I've heard each of the speakers because I'm on the calls and it's a 90 day process that we've gone through and nobody else really does that. And then from that, we have a 30 day speaker circle. So it's May 11th online and live in the Phoenix area. And it's just these jewels of wisdom. And again, you know, having breast cancer has been our catalyst for change. And I think that each of the speakers is so different because we're not talking about this is what chemo was like and this is what it's not that. It's what was the shift that it changed for me? What did I learn in this process? And that's what's inspirational. So good. Very, very powerful. Yes. How did we overcome, right? How did we overcome this crazy diagnosis that we got? What did I learn through that process? You know? Yeah. Dana, I appreciate you so much. And I appreciate how you are just, you are a light and you're an advocate and you use your voice to really enrich and empower others and talk to your own cells, which is amazing. And I am just so happy to to know you. I'm happy to call you my friend. And I just appreciate you so, so much. Oh, babe, I'm going to be here for so long. So long. I'm so glad I got yeah. to meet you because you're, you're a beautiful spirit. You're a beautiful spirit. And I, I think that too is you're just a beautiful, beautiful soul. And I think the thing too is that you really live, you live that. You really live that spirit and that and that beautiful soul. And I think that we are we are a spirit having a human experience. It's when we step into being a human is when it all gets a bit mucky. <laughs> so you you gotta go, wait a minute, wait a minute. We forget. We forget yeah, and yeah, we need yeah, to be yeah. reminded. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I think you're right. Yeah. I think you're absolutely right. Thank you for being my guest today. Yes. And thank you for <laughs> thank you for re-recording. <laughs> I made the rookie mistake because I just gotten this software of like closing the lid. I didn't realize that it like needed oh, more time to render. Like in my mind, it's like a Zoom call, right? Zoom yeah, does, yeah. is it's done, right? And so this one has to actually render for a minute. And so you really don't want to close your your lid. And I was in such a I'm moving around, saving my battery. It needed to go six more percent. It said ninety four percent rendered. And I couldn't find the other 6%. And by the time my team was helping me troubleshoot it, I was already like in another state. And I was like, I don't think we're getting that back. I was like, we got to call you Dana, reschedule because the episode funny. was so good. We got to do it you're again. A joy, you're a joyous <laughs> delight. You really, really are. I'm so blessed to, to know you. Mm, really. Thank you. I, I just loved watching all thank your, you, love. your thank journey. You. And show those boobs, man. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for joining us on today's show. I hope that today's session inspires you to live an aligned life where you get to take complete ownership of your feelings and decisions to live in your truth. You can connect with me at www.maryd.com. That's M-A-R-Y-D-E-E.com. Follow and like us at Facebook or Instagram at the Mary D. That's 
The T H E Mary D E M A R Y D E E.